0: Good morning everyone welcome to episode number 28 of the lion's breath movement podcast hope everyone's doing well Um, obviously uh, in the past on the weekends we've been bringing guests in I have a great guest here I'll introduce him uh, in a few minutes Uh, my esteemed co-host Kevin ladies super seaman is here Kevin say hello to the crowd
1: Hello crowd. Uh, is your mom still listening to this, hi my, mom?
0: My mom listens to it every day. I really still apologize. I, better in uh, real life I she, she actually she actually brought you up because of your language. I I, I don't swear to, that much. I know, I the last I don't swear that much. Dude, the last episode uh with Hope oh, was Oh, we were on bad. fire. Though. Yeah, I know. And you like, started all that though. You were talking about To some my defense, really mom, your son
1: is an instigator, so I only take 50% of this. You know what I mean? You need to slap him too. All right,
0: listen, um, I'm going to introduce a guest right now. So listen, a friend of mine, um, former co-worker, um, it actually makes me sad to say that, but mm-hmm. uh, I want to introduce our guest here today, Corey Schwarzkopf. Corey, say hello. Kevin, shut your phone off. Corey, say hello to the crowd and um, just say a couple of things. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. Thanks for having me. So, uh, you know, we go back a little bit. We, we were working together when I was with uh, Arthrex and, and, and Gotham. We were doing medical device sales, you know, obviously the company that you're still with. And uh, it's been probably over a year now that yeah. I, I've been away from, from, from Gotham. And Has um, it been a year? It's been a little over a year. December and- was a year. Um, so I'm with Boston Scientific now. Um, I went from orthopedics to male prostate urology. So uh, definitely a little bit What's your
0: day like?
2: My day uh, involves, um, it's a lot more, I would say, on the back end. So, you know, we're rolling our sleeves up and getting in there in the orthopedic world. I would say now- I'm doing a lot more with with office staff. I'm doing a lot more. I'm still in the OR. Right. Uh, but I'm doing a lot more with reimbursement. I'm doing a lot more with how we can implement these technologies into a physician's practice. Definitely. So that he or she can, you know, offer the newest technologies available. Like we talked about before the show, you know, I have two products now that I sell versus Yeah, 3, I got 3,000. 3,000. So, uh, <laughs> you know, for me, uh, it's 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 a lot. Um, it's it's definitely a yeah. little simpler. Yeah. Um, but
0: uh, Listen, so I like them. Um, uh, I brought Corey on here because we're going to get into a diet uh, conversation today, a nutrition mm-hmm. conversation. Um, I'm sure most of you guys have heard, you know, one of my goals for uh, 2020 is I need to lose like 20 pounds. My wife thinks I'm fat. Uh, I have a nine-month-old baby. Um, <laughs> my wife thinks I'm fat.
1: I still just love
0: it. <laughs> and, but, but like, I can picture she- Erica
1: waking up and be like...
0: You're fat. <laughs> just out like, fat. Corey just saw my wife after she worked out. She's fucking shredded, dude. Like, she looks great, man. Like, she looks she, great. That was
1: like have... three weeks postpartum too. She put the time in though. She worked out hard while she was pregnant, so right. It's no surprise yeah. that she yeah. recovered that quickly. Exactly.
0: So, listen, guys. Like I always say, I want to bring value to you guys. We're gonna have some fun on this podcast. So I have Corey here. Uh, to talk about the current diet he's doing is the carnivore diet. Um, and he has a, a background in nutrition. What, do you have some licenses?
2: Uh, so I, uh, no, okay. I'm not, I'm not nutrition now, but I was, um, I had a research fellowship in clinical nutrition when I was at Springfield College. So, did my undergraduate in applied exercise science. That's right. But I was with a, uh, a, a professor that I would work under who uh, studied under Jeff Volek. So he's one of the biggest premier ketogenic researchers in the country. He's with a company called Varda now. Okay. That, uh, it's actually really cool. It's a company that is the first company to actually reverse type 2 diabetes via ketogenic diets. Really? Wow. Um, and it's all app-based now. Um, so they're actually, they're crushing it, but I was fortunate to work with, with, uh, Dr. Richard Wood. Um, and then I went back to Springfield for my master's, um, and I was his research fellow. And so I got to conduct, you know, firsthand clinical low carbohydrate research. Right. Um, and that just got me going with, uh, ketogenic diets cool. for a while after, um, graduate school, I was doing some cardiac rehab work. I was doing some personal training. Um, and then I had a nutrition consulting uh, component that I was doing. To be honest, I forget what the credential was. To be um, what
0: a nutritional like, consultant? It, exactly. It's
2: a very, very ambiguous kind of field in term, and there is a lot of you know Joe Schmo's out there. Um, you know, maybe someone considers me a Joe Schmo, right? It's not for me to to not to, us. To, yeah, thank you. Well, no, uh, well, you
1: could put together diets, and you could distribute them all as recommendation based, because you, you don't have to have a particular structure in order to sell knowledge that you've acquired over time. So that's one thing, but you can get a nutritionist license, but there's a big difference between being a certified nutritionist and being able to offer nutritional information to well clientele. Said. Well
0: said. Yep. Because a yeah. nutritionist also- Kevin used... is, he's he's a little smart. He's yeah. a smart a little. Wicked smart. Dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah wicked smart. No,
1: but I listen to this podcast, I sound like a moron. You so. do sound
2: like a fucking I sound idiot. Like an idiot on this podcast. Well, we'll keep it buttoned up today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, but I don't want yeah. I, like, I like to keep the standards all right. low. Listen, listen.
0: <laughs> uh, I just want to get in a couple housekeeping things. Guys, uh, if you're a returning listener, I say this all the time, I really, really appreciate you guys coming on um i you know i spend a good amount of time like putting together this podcast and i do it like i say all the time i do it for myself uh, i also do it for kevin and i do it for Aww. uh no i do it for the listener so listen guys i appreciate and if you're a new listener you've probably been referred to this podcast by like a family friend and Corey just spilled his, co- oh, his coffee but um a family friend or a personal friend or whatever but listen Guys, you guys can hear us on you know Apple, Google, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Radio Public. There's more. Stitcher. Oh, there's Stitcher. There's Stitcher. Stitcher. Yeah, I'm Stitcher. Sorry. I don't know. I got to think for Stitcher. Every time I say Stitcher, like Seaman thinks just, it's like a fucking porn site. No, sounds... no, the way that
1: he first said it though, it really sounded like one. You it, know it sounds what I mean? dirty. There's something so wrong that, that, with Stitcher. Did he say uh, it dirty too? But it's Stitcher. It's a good
0: platform to, to listen to a podcast. Whatever it but takes. He, but here's here's another piece I want to just talk about. So. I use an app called Anchor for this podcast. It's a free app and it's a platform for me to record and it gives me analytics on who's listening. Okay. So I thought this was interesting. The top three countries, actually, let's say the top five countries. Okay. Number one is the US. Number two is the UK. And tied for third is Singapore. (laughs) Okay. Canada and Brazil. Whoa. I Which mean, is Canada pretty and cool. Brazil
1: would make sense. Timelines and, and most people uh, in Brazil speak English. And but what about people Singapore? In speak English. I mean, that's what I was about to ask. Um, Singapore, um, I don't. Um, yeah, um, I don't
2: know how that. I, I don't know what to make of that. I don't I know mean either. Congrats.
0: I guess I, I don't oh, yeah. know.
1: Is it? I mean, eight people is still eight. People. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Listen. Uh, the third.
0: The top. Like, three. The three that are tied. Singapore has one listener. Canada has one listener. Brazil has one listener. But listen, no, I thought that was funny. We are way over 4,000 downloads. So... Nice. um, Listen, to some podcast motherfuckers out there, they might say, hey, shit. Well, it really isn't that much. They started at zero. Yeah, I mean... Start at zero. Everybody starts at zero. I'm gonna get you some today. So We're gonna make that number go um, up. Here we go. All right. So listen, uh, before we jump into the diet portion, I want to go around the table, okay? Because I, I talked about this on my last podcast. I think that New Year's resolutions are excellent for people, um, as long as you have like a lot of goal clarity. Okay. You have goals. You don't. You don't have a million things you're throwing at the at the fucking wall and hoping they all stick. Okay, I think it's important to have goals. Okay, and I think the January first gives people the opportunity to go after them. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, uh, you know, in my last podcast, I talked about uh, my two goals is one is to lose 25 pounds. And also my second goal is to, to hit the $4 million mark in my territory. Yeah, okay, maybe. which is huge, and I just want to ask Corey, and I also also want to ask Kevin, Super Seaman, um, you know, maybe some of their goals. Like Corey, do you have any goals for for twenty twenty? No, I I think it's uh, I think it's a great thing to bring up, and um, you
2: know, it's funny. I would say the past five or six years or so, I've done uh, New Year's resolutions, and I've actually made them uh, very basic. So the first one that I did, I would say about five or six years ago, and, it, and it's 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 kind of awkward for me to even say now, but. Um, I stopped using the words, uh, faggot and retard, okay. um, and were it you, wasn't some... Were you saying that no, a lot? No, but, you know, it's something, and again, it makes me very uncomfortable even saying you those know, words.
0: You, you know, it's funny that you say that because I was actually, um, at a hospital yesterday, okay, and I was with a, a surgeon and with a nurse, and something happened with- during the case, mm-hmm. okay, and after the case, the nurse kept saying, "That's retarded. That's retarded." Don't like it, and dude, it made me feel like really uncomfortable. Yeah,
2: it's like kind of unprofessional too. Yeah, so
0: <laughs> that was
2: uh, that was something that years ago, and and you know, just to clarify, like it was not something I was using often, but it's something enough that you know you can almost use it lightly. Um, in conversation not understanding the ramifications of using language like that so uh, those were two I just don't use it anymore um, so that was something like I So said, are, you, probably, are you
0: done like you don't say that anymore. I do not
2: say it it's just it's just not in my vocabulary I just don't do it so that was one uh, the other one I can really hang my hat on um, was nail biting I do not bite my nails anymore and that was something that was really Fucking difficult to so do. Were so were you my nails the you
0: were doing the nail biting because of you were anxious. Couldn't tell you. Couldn't tell you. I, I can maybe say it was because
2: of you know being anxious or this and that. I would say for me it was just kind of habit. Yeah. And I, my wife, I
0: stopped. Picks her fucking. Nails I just. I pick my nails all fucking I day. I just it drives me nuts. My nails. I stopped right doing it, and <laughs> you know it made me
2: like get into a routine of like cutting my nails. The thing was. Honestly, own with uh, with our field, the thing that stood out to me is when we're showing products to doctors.
0: And they're looking at your fingers. Dude,
2: if I have this small anchor in my hand that's three millimeters, right? And you're, you're looking at something so small and I have these like Ugh. beat up gross nails. It's like, dude,
0: like do you not take care of yourself. Like what else don't you do? He's like, listen, I'll buy that anchor from you. But you gotta clean up your fucking Bro, fingers. You know dude. what
2: stands out to me in that situation is that I would never see physicians the other way that held all these gross fingernails and cuticles, and you know, it's like they look distinguished, they look professional, they look right. so. So that was another one. Um, and what was another one after that? Oh, I had um, dusting was another year. So to be dusting my house more, it was something that I would just never do. Dusting, dude. It's it's toxins, right? It's something around my house. You that, take
0: like a like a dustpan. No, 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 just no, 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 no. Dust? We're,
2: we're not going crazy here. You know, I'll take some like you know some type of cleaner, like a rag, and just d- make it part of my weekly routine of living in an environment that's nice. Again, I was trying to make goals that were very attainable and easy to do. Um, and then the last one that I did, this is again, I don't know if it was a year, maybe the year before, um, was becoming better at uh, following up with people, both prefer. Professionally, professionally and personally, whether it's a text, whether it's a call, whether it's a, a, a letter of just gratitude, which is know, I mean something
0: simple from 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 our business standpoint, sales following up is very very important. And sometimes, listen, uh, at Arthrex, when you have three thousand things in your bag, mm-hmm. following up on a certain demo that you did is tough. Very, it's very very difficult because there's so much shit going on. Right. Um, but also, I have to agree with you. I think. Um, what dusting <laughs> no, I, I, I do, there was excitement in his face dude, that was real excitement two things dusting, two things two things I want to I want to talk about two things is uh, following up with like if, if you think that you should text someone how are you doing do it dude. just fucking do it do it yeah. right? do it, or try
2: it goes a long more. way what call more text less sure I like text that's just, more that's call a,
1: less See, I, no, I, I, I fucking hate this that. This goes back to I our conversation
2: pre, pre-podcast, right? Where we're dinosaurs, right? I'd rather use a, a pen and paper versus some type of technological texting or, or whatever else. However, with that said, is texting better than nothing? I would say yes. Is calling better than texting? I would say yes. Is in-person better than calling and texting? I would say yes. You know, Do so you there's like do a-
1: that, by the way? I'm glad you mentioned that because I did something the other day that I haven't done in probably a year or years. I've had. I have a very small handful of friends. I will literally just show up at their house. <laughs> I will call. They are my best friend. He was my best friend since I was l- nine years old. No joke. I've known the kid since I was t- over thirty years of friendship uh, with this kid. And and where somebody, does he live? Is he, he like your a neighbor? Neighborhood. He's not. Oh, 15 you minutes, driving a fucking name. <laughs> Fifteen minutes away. Fifteen minutes away. And like somebody mentions his name, I want to I'm Like, why the fuck do we just? Go find out, because I know he's home. Sure. Um, I knew at that point. Oh, because he wasn't responding to you. No, right. it's not that he wasn't responding to me. I just I knew he was home because of <laughs> the said Why not?
2: Right? Yeah, like, why, why not just go there? I right? get
1: it ex- I would get excited if one of my best that's friends kind of shows up at my house just to say Can hi. You know, this is reminding me I of a that. I literally just showed up with a couple beers and so said so just, have, just saying that Sebastian skit where speak, like, no one just shows up at no, the house yet, anymore,
2: yet. you know, and like when you get a knock on your door, you're like Dude, what the fuck? So speaking to come back. speaking
0: speaking of that, speaking of that, I just bought this thing called Blink. Okay. I have 3 security cameras. Oh yeah, okay, I know. That fucking that are all, all over my house and I get he's text messages. No, his wife. I, <laughs> I get noted. I get text messages when there's motion. <laughs> so like I'm getting like text messages right now cuz like my wife's like pulling up to the fucking to the yeah, house. Yeah, yeah. Right. But like dude, like if anyone's going to ring my doorbell, like I'm going to see them before they even ring my doorbell.
1: you all know what's going to start happening. He's going to yo. Be I like, got to
0: take a piss. I'll be He's right going to
1: be a work texting his wife. He's going to be like, be "Yo, yo." Go in the living room. Yeah, 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 right. Yo, I see you. Yeah, right, right, right. right. No, it, it, what, it are you, adds, what are you wearing? Um, what, Erica, where's the
2: dog? <laughs> where's Jackson?
1: Where's Jackson? Yeah,
2: Erica, uh, what are you wearing? No, that's funny, man. What about? So, what are your what are your goals? What do you what do you got going on this year? Well, I personally don't.
1: Uh, I'm the opposite. I don't like or believe in um, annual goals. I think okay. it makes it sets you up too easy for failure, and it makes okay. it too long term. So, I have adhered to over the past, I want to say, ten years. Short attainable goals that you set for yourself throughout the course of the year, no matter what. I love it. Like, you, you can set a structure. Some people need structure, and like the year start is a structure point. Yep. But you could set quarterly goals. Short term goals are more attainable, and you also see results faster. They're, like, real. They're, and, they're real. And they're also real. And I'm not talking big ones. If you set the bar. High, too high. It makes it too easy to not. It makes it too easy to fail initially. I I couldn't agree with you But more. if you make it smaller steps, each goal is an achievement. Right. So I do that. I'm I'm on this constant. I'm trying to constantly learn right now too because I've spent a lot of time. I spent a lot of time in my fitness,
0: my career. Tell work- tell Corey. I mean, you're. You you probably don't know about Kevin's past. Just you want to tell Corey a little I bit.
1: Th- yeah, let's make it really short though, because it's on. Yeah, a couple, let's make it a tiny, dude. Tini- like you're- <laughs> I know. Hey, yo, oh, oh,
0: mom, I'm the problem, huh? <laughs> no, seriously, t- tell Corey about like your past, because it's incredible. I gotta try like a two minute synopsis of it,
1: but uh, eight years ago, I want to say, I, whatever, it all fades together now. But uh, really bad snowboard accident. Uh, up at Killington. I wound up in a coma. I had no helmet Whoa. on. I hit a tree. I lost half my blood, half my spinal fluid. I had no hearing or balance on my left side. Jeez. I was in a coma for about a week. Woke up in Dartmouth. Uh, I couldn't walk. Couldn't talk. Had a facial paralysis. I had to take my eyes shut to sleep. Was in the hospital for a period of time. Homebound. Home arrest, if you want I said home arrest at first. Nah. But no, I, had to, uh, I was at home for a longer period of time, too. And within a course of 6 months to a year i had to regain the ability to just function as a as a human sure. again and i was told in this time frame all these things that i wouldn't be able to do anymore not that i couldn't accomplish things but you're probably not going to be able to walk straight or you're probably not going to wow. be able to run again and and i really never liked being told what i couldn't do mm-hmm. at all not that i wouldn't i don't do things out of spite per se yep. but but i don't like being put in, in, right. in a box of restrictions sure. by somebody else, so that led me. I got on my board that year again. Oh, I started wow. snowboarding again that year. Um, no joke. I, I got involved in obstacle course racing that year, and then there's a there's a podcast with me that tells okay. like. I mean, proliferation much, of pretty that. Pretty much.
0: I mean, you know, if, if and, Kevin hadn't been working out or right. in good shape. He no, would have been dead. He would have been dead. The
1: doctor said that straight up. It's if I wasn't, if I wasn't fit at the time I got injured, I would have been. I would have bled out. He
0: went from um, you know being told that he wasn't going to be able to do all this sh- shit to being a professional athlete, right. like becoming yeah. an amazing obstacle course racer. He does like sprint triathlons. Um, and he's it's a remarkable. tremendous athlete. and then I want oh, to get remarkable. humbled again.
1: So I joined CrossFit, CrossFit. Yeah. Where, where you <laughs> suck at everything every yeah. day. I mean, OG is very good at telling me what I'm bad at all the time. All <laughs> right, but uh, but that's kind of like just the history of it. I see, and, and that's where the short-term goals kind of came from too, because every little th- you have to make something attainable within a period of time that's relevant. To right, you. right, right. Not that it right. needs to be rushed, but y- you want to feel successful in, right. in your path. So, and I'm also on a course of I always want to be learning, so, and I've spent a lot of time being what, fit. What do you want to learn this year? At, and we just talked about that. I don't like doing it in the course of years. I like setting shorter time frames. I don't think, like, Or this year, month, let's say. That's exactly what I mean. What, what like do you this want? Month. What's, what you, like, your
0: next goal? What, yeah.
2: yeah like what do, do you have want? What the time is? Like, right.
1: uh, I, this podcast has actually helped me a lot, because when we had Dan Mancini on, I'm probably going to learn a lot from you in a short period with with the nutrition you're not worship. learning anything from me <laughs> i've learned all yeah. i can from you oh and what not to do I, I learned how to be great <laughs> on a daily basis but uh, i just want to acquire knowledge that's um, what it is no uh, um and that doesn't have to be in one particular field i just want to continuing to acquire knowledge on a daily basis that's awesome mancini offered a lot of stuff um, he's I'm,
0: um a mental health professional I mean, I mean, yeah. he goes to our gym so he, yeah. he talked a lot about you know mental what's health. his first name Dan Mancini, Dan Mancini, yeah, yeah, Dan Mancini. He's a licensed mental health counselor. Yeah. I think that's his uh, his title. Yep. But he was on here just because, like, you know, like this podcast and my page is is a lot of you know. I, I focus a lot on mental health. It's 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 been helpful for me,
2: man. The because, Box breathing, yeah, the box breathing, that, yeah, and, like,
0: and and like, um, I struggled, dude. I don't you you don't know this, but, um, I struggled with panic attacks, mm-hmm. and when I first started at Arthrex, dude, I was getting. Panic attacks in the operating room. Perfect environment for it. And I was like fucking freaking out. Right. And like, I was like, oh my God, dude, I have to leave the room. Sure. I have to leave it's this really, fucking room. It's debilitating. It, yeah. And I was like, well, I can't leave the room because like he needs me. <laughs> right. Like I'm going to be like, hey, Doc, I got to go. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah. it was starting to f- affect my career. Yeah. And I had to go, you know, seek mental help. And I, you know, I, I take medication for the panic attacks and it's, you know, knock on wood, I haven't had one in years. That's awesome, man. That's awesome um, to hear that you were able to go back. Because
2: it's such a common thing and I had anxiety and panic attacks when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, there was like a certain age, I guess when I was in like early middle school, uh, where it would like, I just knew, I remember I vividly, I remember being uh, playing baseball and, and being like, I'm going to have a panic attack tonight. You know, like I just knew. And then like I would have these panic really? attacks. And you set yourself up for failure that way But though. You know, and I'm a no boy. right? Like, yeah. I'm a little kid, right? And But I would have it. But what I'm thankful for is that I saw professional help as a kid and learned kind of how to cope with right. it. I went years without it coming back up. So yeah. I went from however old you are when you're that young, I don't know, 10, 12, to I would say probably late 20s. And then it kind of crept back in. And there was a part of me that was like, I guess you kind of almost felt like a failure a little bit. You're like, what yeah. the hell? I thought I had this figured out, and I yeah. came back. And what I've learned about this journey, um, with the panic attacks, with the panic attacks, is that it's it's never ending, right? You're always no, oh, kind of learning. And so yeah. for me, I was able to, uh, you know, to to kind of find out what's important to me, and how I can, from myself, uh, deal with those. And and to kind of make this full circle, and to go back to what you asked with the first question, which is, you know, what's your goal for the year? Uh, for this year and and I think similar to what Kevin was saying regardless of a calendar year but uh, for me it's addition by subtraction yeah for me it is I'm very fortunate to have a lot of friends in my life I have family yeah which got a puppy I have my girlfriend I have all these things that are I'm very fortunate to have but I'm starting to look at um, you know maybe I don't need more things and maybe I can actually get rid of things Less, less is more. Less is more. Less and, is always more. And I think that applies to the mental health uh, so, aspect of it for me. Yeah, for
0: me. I mean, you know, I think that's really important is, especially from the mental health, is like I talk about this a lot on my page, is that, you know, sometimes as you get older, I feel, you know, I'm 36 years old. Okay, people come in and out of your life, but the, the folks that are going to stay in your life are the ones that are meaningful to you. Sure. So a lot of the times I'll come out here, you know, after a long day of work, and just be with my dog Mm -hmm. right yeah and it's silence and just thinking about the positive things in life right and like meditation i've started to meditate a lot and meditation has taught you has taught me to uh kevin actually phrased it best last i think the last podcast is like to like structure your thoughts
1: structure and reflect yeah structure and reflect
0: and like it's like control your thoughts and control the ones and think about the things in your life that are positive. Absolutely. When you do that right. on a on a daily basis, it 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 helps so much with like life. Yeah. You know like what's important like dumb it down like taking my dog for a walk. Right. Right? You got like you just said I just got a puppy. I got a girlfriend. Right. You know, and like we go through life and there's like so much bullshit going on and quota and all that shit. Right. When at the end of the day, you know, it's about my son. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, and that's that's been huge for me too. It's like, dude, like. This ain't about you anymore. <laughs> this shit ain't yeah, about yeah. me anymore. <laughs> right. You, you know? want less stress in your life, and
1: I don't recommend this. mm Near death experience?
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: No,
1: that will refocus the fuck out of your life. I, you get rid of a lot of stuff that you don't need, and it teaches you to focus on the stuff that matters. Your stress actually reduces so once you recover, yeah, so greatly because you realize how little shit actually matters, but it helps the stuff that does matter stand out more, right? So you awesome. can focus on it, and that stuff is usually the positive things in your life. Don't worry, there's always going to be negativity in there. You're Always yep. going to, you know. There, there's always loss in your life. There's always going to be tough times, but the the most important things in your life are usually the positive things, because if you if you were living on the negative
2: side, you wouldn't be progressing at all. Absolutely, at, no, I, at all. I mean, You wouldn't function as and, a, as a human. And I, I think to your point, and part of my personal journey, I've started meditation now for probably about six months, and I'm still oh, just awesome. tipping my toes yeah. into it's the really, water. It's really, it's difficult. But I'm learning. That's that's been uh, you know the humbling aspect of it is that it is difficult. And what I've enjoyed about it is that you know I originally thought that uh, meditation was being able to block everything out, and what I've learned in my journey is that it's actually the exact opposite. It's letting things
0: pass. Everything passes.
2: It's yeah. letting it go. Bring and it in. Letting and. It's normal to have these emotions or feelings that's part of life, exactly. but it's being able to not focus on those. Right. And for me, it's been boiling it down to staying in the moment. My girlfriend, we we talk a lot, this about, now she's a clinical psychologist. She's a- Oh, a, she is? Know, she's a PhD. She's Dr. McSwiggin. Oh, shit, we got to so, get her. I know. So she's and like, cool. Yeah. Actually, and, very and, and very it's, intriguing I, stuff too. I'm very, very fortunate with her for, for a lot of reasons, but that's certainly one of the things that, you know, just kind of comes up and- and we talk a lot about staying in the moment and how important that is. And then, you know, say you're you're out of it, being able to kind of check in with your body. Right. And you know, you, some people do the body scans and this and that, which I thought was the dumbest thing when I first. I'm like, what? Like yeah. scan my body and my brain. But then you realize, like, yo, this is what it's a. This is this is life. This like, is it. right here. Like yeah. this is this is where I'm at, and this is what's going on. And at the end of the day, for the most part. I'm safe right now. I'm okay. Yeah. You know, it's going to work out. Right. And so those components, again, I think this is just the the very tip of, of my personal journey and experience. But, um, you know, it's just, it's kind of interesting that our paths have now realigned with this mental aspect. And now we're talking. Oh, about for sure. Well. You know,
0: and then just, just, I don't know, Kevin, showed me some fucking picture. <laughs> that's what is Treehouse.
1: that? Treehouse. <laughs> really? My buddy just went up to Treehouse Brewery and that that's his body height and beer. That he
0: How many beers is that?
1: About $1,000 worth. Jesus, oh,
0: so you, you guys, guys have, have a fucking beer addiction. Is he there
1: right now? Yeah, he he left like 20 minutes ago, but he got some for
2: us. Is he
0: well, driving directly to the Lion's to, Breath Movement fucking studio? To the
2: podcast studio.
0: Are those, are those, no, car, are those
2: carnivore beers or are they... Oh, are they, uh, shit. No.
0: <laughs> so, last thing I'm going to say is, I think with the, with the meditation piece is really important is instead of like blocking out the negativity, like you said, just let it come in, accept it. Okay. There's okay. So, um, I am 88% of quota 90, you know, like, okay, that's not where I want to be. Right. It's, it's kind of a negative thing, but it's there. Sure. Okay. Accept it. Yep. You know, and, and like you said, live in the fuck. I always say this and, and I talk about this on, I put this on Instagram. It's like, you know, for Thanksgiving, I said, and you know, it was like, this is the this is the last Thanksgiving 2019 you're ever going to have. Yeah. So be present. <laughs> sure. Like don't think about tomorrow. Don't think about, you know, you're going to be with friends and you're going to be with family and you're going to be with people that you really enjoy. Yeah. And you you enjoy their presence. Enjoy it. Yeah. Have fucking fun with it. Hell yeah. Talk about it. Hell yeah. Um I agree with all that. So listen, we are going to now yeah. dive into <laughs> what we're here for. Okay, and Love that me. is to kick Kevin Seaman's ass. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but listen, I want to talk <laughs> to I want to talk to Corey about um, something called the carnivore diet. Yep. Yes, okay? we would. And I actually was the first person to bring this <laughs> up to Corey. So, you were. Um, I think it was I don't know maybe a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago. I have right. no idea. But I think at that point I was like doing the keto diet, mm-hmm. and I, I I said to him I was like, Very dude. Similar. Yeah. Sure. yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, and I said, because I follow a couple guys on Instagram. One of them is Sean Baker, um, who is a big carnivore guy. I was like, dude, the have godfather. You of the, like, pretty yeah. much the godfather. And yeah. I was like, dude, have you heard about this, like, carnivore
2: diet? I'm like, oh, and you're fucking nuts. Yeah, and, I was like, and, what? Yeah. You and know? I was like, have
0: you heard about it? And you, and you were like, dude, like, what are you fucking talking about? Right. Um, But for the folks that don't know, can you just talk about the carnivore diet like, yeah. and, like, what it entails? you are doing it right now. And just talk about like your personal self and how you've dealt with it and why you're doing it. Absolutely. Um, So I think quickly,
2: um, just kind of backtracking slightly, um, I've been a proponent of the ketogenic diet for over 10 years now. Um, Like I mentioned earlier, this was something that I was fortunate to have, you know, firsthand access to this type of clinical research. Right. In my With my fellowship at, for my master's um, and exposed me to just some of the basic assumptions about health that it seems like are turning out to be wrong. Um, and I'm referring specifically to like the food guide pyramid into, you know, reducing saturated fat to less than 10 percent. Your... T-
0: can you just talk about like, uh, just talk to the audience about like the food Sure. Like, what so does that represent?
2: So this is going to come up in the in the uh, podcast, but we'll refer to the standard American diet, right? And so essentially what that is, when you look at the original kind of 1970s food guide pyramid that came out, which we are the first country to promote a way of eating, which in itself is pretty radical to think like, hold on, we're going to have all these, we're going to tell these all these people how to eat food? No other country's ever done that, right?
1: And standardized. We're the first country to ever standardize diets based on caloric densities of uh, yeah i didn't mean to yeah it's okay enjoy. no but you're, but, you're no, absolutely I, right I, I completely agree it's and, like, and we standardized things for for a vast majority of people with different body dynamics types sexes races everything 100 um based on caloric density and so
2: now when we look at the standard american diet the food guide pyramid the bottom of the pyramid was your you know your carbohydrates so uh, that was you know grains pastas rice um, you know, things of that nature. And then as you worked your way up, you had, you know, green leafy vegetables, you had fruits, and then as you worked your way up from there, um, and I say working up as in smaller quantities, right? If you're just visualizing an actual pyramid. As you get towards the top, which is gonna be the smallest amount, right. then you had your red meat, you had your pork, you had your chicken, um, you had your dairy. Animal byproducts. Animal, yeah, exactly. Just animal so animal that is what we started in the 1970s and um, you know if you fast forward about 30 40 years um, it's it's overwhelmingly has failed it's gone backwards and, and in state by the way people have listened state people have listened to the positives we have cut saturated fat and red meat production by about not production sorry consumption by about 30 percent we've increased our carbohydrate intake overall by about 70 so percent
0: and these are is that is that why you know th- the United States is like obese.
2: I'm gonna make that argument and there's a lot of people that are going to make that argument as well that we have essentially taken away very naturally occurring nutritionally dense foods, i.e. fruits, vegetables, and animal products. We've taken those out and we've okay. replaced them with very non-dense foods that are like your grains and your corn, not and nutritionally just, dense, not nutritionally dense, right. and even calorically dense as well, right? They're relatively
1: they're extremely light. calorically dense with very low nutritional value.
2: Sure, right. right? So we've kind of we've kind of we've kind of flipped this, right? And uh, you can make and there's uh, if people are interested, you know, I would listen to Gary Taub's, uh Good Calories, Bad Calories. That's that book changed my life. Uh, Nina Teicholtz, she's done uh, the Big Fat Surprise, mm-hmm. but they are investigative journalists who looked into how this mess occurred, and a lot of it was based off of kind of political agenda. A lot of it, I'm learning this more in my own study, but uh, the Seventh Day Adventist Church and you know mm-hmm. some of their approaches in the the, the late 19th century about uh, you know meat essentially making people horny, and okay. meat that being a sin. And so that's where like the Kellogg family was a part of this. And so they kind of created, so a lot of this establishment in terms of like what is healthy really started from dogma. It started from concepts that we kind of took a leap of faith on and now we're kind of paying the consequences, right? So, so I know not to go too much into a a rabbit hole, right? So that's, that's clearly where my emotion is regarding kind of how we got into this mess, right? So that's the standard American diet, a heavy Carbohydrate based diet. Heavy. Heavy. That's just what it is. That's the bottom of the pillar, right? That's your, you know, healthy, nutritious grains. That's your breads, breads, pastas, things like that, right? Which are in fact processed foods. Calorie
1: dense diet too. So not just that it's carbohydrate dense, it's also calorie dense because the standardized 2000 calories per individual. If you had that kind of standardization for countries country such as Japan or China, where the population is shorter, they're my size. Uh, they're small as fuck. You yeah, know. exactly. Thank you. Um, Subtle jab. I
2: know. Ooh, that didn't hurt my soul. Um,
1: but, but a 2,000 calorie diet for the standardized American, I mean, and that, that, that's that, male that, and female.
2: But too. that's they what the United separate.
0: States is saying, that... No matter your size, exactly, yes. you should be eating two thousand calories a day. Is that As accurate? A standard? Yep. As yep. A standard. And that's
2: like the average, right? When you but boil everything down, what does that? Mean? But that's what people. Well, what what does, does
0: that mean? No.
2: Let's not even waste our breath with going there because yeah. Yeah. it's wrong. It's wrong. Okay. And it's like we can just look back now, and I'm not saying it's wrong because it's not my opinion. I'm saying it's wrong because it hasn't fucking worked. Okay. We just we have gone it's the wrong direction. Wrong. No, it's, it's also just, wrong because we're, it's scientifically we're, we're wrong. We're painting thank you. And we're painting with this like very broad brush, right? In terms of like this what it needs to be. And again, the foundation to this, the other names that come up are Ansel Keys is a big one, right? Yep. He's this researcher who kinda he started the whole like fat is bad. And there is ways you can look into it. His big thing was the seven country study where he looked at seven countries that had some of the lowest rates of cardiovascular disease, found out that they had some of the lowest rates of saturated fat intake. Made what the that that, Turns out to be 22 countries were part of this study. Yeah. Really? <laughs> 22 countries were part of this study. Who's Ansel this guy? Ansel Keys. He's like, he's been demonized as like the guy who kind of, again, made saturated fat this Horrible thing that kills people, which right. we're now realizing. That's that big
1: global study. No, it's a question, actually. Yeah. That's that big global study where they took okay. different countries and different regions in each country, especially okay. China. They took like tons of areas of China and then watched their diet and their health so ratings. I think is that, that one?
2: one is slightly different. I believe that was the China study, which they looked at. And we could be, con- China might have been part of the 22 countries that was part of it. The China okay. study was something that looked at. Um, And we can kind of get into like observational data and where that limitation exists. When you look at epidemiological data that's going to show correlation, correlation, not causation, it generates hypothesis. It doesn't give you uh, a fact or it doesn't give you something. So you can create a hypothesis from observational data. So when you look at the broad spectrum of people in this example. Every year this study comes out, right? There's gonna be a new one that's probably gonna come out this year, right? We looked at 75,000 people and the people that had the highest rates of cardiovascular disease also had the highest rates of saturated fat intake. Boom, saturated fat causes heart disease. And it's like, dude, it doesn't work that way. How do you know what you're eating that saturated fat with? Are right. you eating it with a bun? So if you have a, right. a, a but a they, cheeseburg- don't, they don't put that in the stuff, they're not talking- You can't do that when you have 75,000 people, participants, so then the people look, Right? Because we don't know shit about scientific research. And we go, whoa, this study had 75,000 people. This must be a big study. They're doing a food questionnaire twice a year. Right. So they're doing a food questionnaire where they go to you, hey, how much blueberries did you have in the past you know, year? How much pieces of bread? How much. Now there's something called healthy user bias. When people are going to be doing these food questionnaires, if you're eating like a slob, more times than not, you're probably not gonna write. Yeah, you know what? I actually have a cupcake every two days. You you're know? not gonna write that. You're not gonna write that. All so now right. saying, yeah, you know, I have you know broccoli and I have you know vegetables. So it's just it, to rely on that type of data is very weak. So now, if we're gonna pull it back to what we said, right? We put this food guide pyramid out there. We're looking at Ansel Keys, who was the first to really, sh- and I say this with air quotes for people who can't see this, that that show that saturated fat causes heart disease through observational data. And then we kind of got to this path of like, oh, this is the way that it's supposed to be. That was a drastic change mm-hmm. in our way as humans of evolving, right? So, again, to pull this back to kind of how this all started with my personal journey. So, I was part of the standard American diet. I got exposed to ketogenic diets, right? I started experimenting it with what were, you,
0: what were you eating before the ketogenic diet?
2: Let's, you know, before
0: I played lacrosse in college. Were so, you eat anything,
2: dude, you know, like cereals eggs, you know, give me egg whites, you know, no egg yolks, uh, you know, let's use margarine instead of butter, um, you know, let me like have a wheat, piece. wheat bread versus what? white bread. 100%, 100%, yeah. you know, let me have a piece of bread before, you know, I go to practice, because like bread, you know, carbs give you energy, and like all these things. These very, very oversimplified approaches to very, very complex issues. Right. So I was part of that, right? I get to college, I'm drinking like an idiot, I'm working out a lot because I am playing lacrosse, I'm squatting, all this. You know, I'm eating a lot of food, and I'm just kind of putting on weight. And it wasn't necessarily sloppy weight, but it was just like, dude, I'm like, I'm getting bigger, you know? And I'm like, I'm 230, 240, and I'm like, what the hell's going on? And you, you see this with a lot of people who do that. So for me, it was a kind of my sophomore year where I went ketogenic, and you know, it sucked for a couple weeks, right? right? It sucked for a couple weeks. Your body is going. So for people who don't know, and we use keto all the time, when, when people bring keto up to me, I always say, well, what is
0: keto? And yeah, I mean, what is
2: know. it? Keto means ketogenic. So what does ketogenic mean? Well, ketogenic means we're going to use ketones as our main fuel source instead of glucose. So ketones are these products that our body makes. They are derived from free fatty acids, okay? Mm -hmm. So we're able to take free fatty acids, so components of fat, and we're able to create these ketone bodies that can work anywhere in the body where glucose would work now, glucose mm-hmm. is the basic kind of bottom line of what all carbohydrates break down into. So you people hear it a lot with diabetes, right? They hear blood glucose. Anytime there's something with an O S E at the end of it, it's a sugar: right. fructose, glucose, yep. sucrose. So glucose is what this breaks down to. So ketones means you're relying on <laughs> ketones for fuel instead of glucose. So that's what ketones, ketogenics, or, you know, keto diets mean. So for me. It was okay. Let me get rid of the carbohydrate. So no carbs. So when I started, you know, I this was pre-carnivore. So I was having, you know, green leafy vegetables. Um, you know, I was having broccoli. I was having salad. You know, things like that. So there's some carbohydrates in there, uh, but not too much. And but you're get,
0: not e- you're not eating like breads and pastas and rice. That was out. That rice. was, out. That's That's was out. That was out. That
2: was out. The, the loosely, there's there's kind of different definitions of a ketogenic diet, but generally, it's about seventy percent of your calories are derived from fat. OK, so from fat and a good percentage of that 70 percent is generally going to be saturated fat, which is right. We're all like, hold on. But saturated fat kills us. Right. No, we're, we're finding that out that that's actually not the case. So majority of the calories come from fat. A lot of people try to make it a high protein diet. Right. They go. All right, Corey, I hear what you're saying. I don't think, you know, I do think carbs are an issue, right? I just don't feel good. I have carbs. I kind of feel like shit. Why is
0: that? Why do people feel like shit when they have carbs?
2: Well, there's kind of a couple different aspects to it. But part of it is that glucose, and this is part of the argument of why glucose, again, air quotes, is like so important to us, is because we can digest it very easily. Our body uses glucose very easily. Mm -hmm. So we look at that as a matter of like, well, look, our body likes it. We can go through it going back to what i kind of what we talked about originally about the mental health side of things i'm looking at efficiency and i think the body and just nature in general is about efficiency evolution wouldn't work if we made things more complicated for ourselves right evolution works by making things more simpler and things that are more packaged so when you look at glucose we digest it very easily With glucose, when you can just some type of carbohydrate that's gonna break down into glucose, there is something called insulin, which is a hormone that's secreted from the pancreas. That is the thing that can bring glucose into the cells. It's the only thing that can transport glucose into the cells. So now, when we hear insulin, what's the other thing we generally hear of? Diabetes as well, Right. right? You generally hear glucose, you generally hear insulin. Insulin is the hormone, it is the main hormone that causes lipogenesis, which is the storage of fat. So you cannot store fat without insulin being present Present, and when insulin is present, it also does something called blocks lipolysis, which is the burning of fat. So now let's just boil this down real quick. You consume carbohydrates, your body digests it very quick. You get that peak in terms of satisfaction, whatever the hell it is, a bagel or you know rice or pizza or whatever it is that you might get. You get that satisfaction. Insulin now is secreted, and all of a sudden, it's rapidly putting glucose away into the cells, it's creating fat, and we get this drop. It's kinda like a drug, man. It's kinda like a drug. You get this drop. You see it with children all the time, right? They get this sugar rush. And the then, they rush. Then, then they fail, Then they fall. drop hard, and now they're craving and Now they're below baseline, and they're going back up. So we've created a very inefficient system of running. Now, I gotta say this, and if we want, we can move on to this point. The brain needs about a hundred grams of glucose a day to survive. That is pretty much. on from the keto world to the carnivore world to the standard American so diet. So what,
0: what, what happens if you're only doing fifty? That's a great question, right? That's a great fucking question. What well, happens? Oh, or what so about you, me?
2: That's you, doing zero. Right? Yeah, right. Well, I'm you're doing, doing zero, zero carbs, right? So now, what happens? It's a great point. There was, I remember my professor, he, the, the, the keto professor, and I, let me just clarify, he was not mm-hmm. teaching keto in college, right? He was teaching what he was supposed to teach, and I respect the shit out of him for doing that, but we'd have our own conversations. Mm-hmm. On one of his shirts that he had, it was always, uh, no carbs, no cardio, no problem, right? And then on the back of it was this huge scientific equation. And I always be like, Dr. what? like, what the hell is that equation on your back? And he goes, oh, it's gluconeogenesis. I'm like, gluconeogenesis? What the fuck? What is that? Mm-hmm. What does that mean? And he goes, this is the linchpin of why everything works. So I go, what What does that mean? So gluconeogenesis means making glucose from a non-carbohydrate source. So what our body is able to do is that it's able to take the glycerol backbone of a triglyceride, so as long as there is ample fat and protein, which a a ketogenic diet is gonna be ample amounts. (laughs) Ample. You take the glycerol backbone Mm-hmm. And then you take the amine group of the amino acids and you create glucose in the body. So the Sean Bakers of the world, right. he did, a, he did a, 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 a muscle biopsy to look at his glycogen stores. And Dr. Feeney, Dr. Volick, they have done these studies where they take athletes who are keto adapted. So not athletes who use glucose and they put them on a low carb diet for two weeks and they go, oh shit, their performance sucks. Yeah, they're not adapted, right? People who are adapted to burning ketones they will take their muscle samples of glycogen, mm-hmm. which is the storage form of glucose, and they'll compare it to a high-carb athlete. And they both have the same amount of glycogen yeah. stores. So it's like, hold on. <laughs> How is this group of people... Say that. Talk to me about... Put that in
0: layman's terms sure. for folks so, that...
2: Yep. I have questions
0: coming in a bit. I'm, I'm
1: pulling all this I know, it's I know. Like most of this information I'm familiar with already. See, I'm
0: not... I'm. I am not very familiar with all this. So part of me saying is put that in layman's terms is... Dude, like, what the fuck did you just say? So this is what happens. Okay, let Energy me break this distance. down.
2: Let me break this down for you. Okay, so let's look at glucose. Right, again, one of the things that are in the cell. And I, I, I want to move on from this because there's a lot of things we got to discuss. But I'll, I'll make this part uh, digestible. So glucose is the, the sugar that's in our blood. Right, we can store a little bit of it in our muscles. Yeah. We can store a little bit of glucose in our liver mm-hmm. as glycogen. Glycogen is the storage form of glucose. Mm-hmm. What happens when we have excess glucose in the body, we can't store it anymore. So we convert it to fat. So a lot of people, they might have high triglycerides in their blood, which is high fat. And they go, oh, well I'm eating too much fat. No, it's actually the body converting glucose into fat because we can't store, we can store about 50 grams of glucose in our body. So the glycogen aspect of it is the forward storm of glucose in the body. Athletes generally want glycogen. It's a, it's a reserve that we have. Say a fucking wolf comes out back in the day we're, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden we need this quick impact. Like we said, glucose is very efficient. Our body uses it. Right. When we have people who are keto adapted, who are taking in no glucose, and then athletes that are very high glucose metabolized athletes, when you look at their glycogen stores, if the person is keto adapted, they're going to be the same. So then the, the person's like, hold on. Wait, yeah. How is one person having, glyca- ha- having glucose in their diet? The person who's eating breads, pastas, rices. And then the other person is not. But they're... Because of gluconeogenesis. Okay. Because of this component. That's the linchpin that allows all this to exist. And clearly evolution is on our side. With saying, hey, we can, you know, we we need, we we need glucose.
0: Right, we need it.
2: Doesn't mean we need it exogenously. Doesn't mean we have to consume it in our diet. So a lot of people in like the kind of glucose metabolism world mm-hmm. will look at the brain needing glucose and saying, see, see, we need hundred grams, see. So anything under that is unsafe. And it's like, all right, dude, well, actually we can create it. Glucose is non-essential, okay? Mm-hmm. So I'm not gonna go too far in a rabbit hole here, but there's there's essential fatty acids. So essential means our body cannot make them. Right. It has to congest. Them. It has to eat them from the outside source. Non-essential means our body can make them. So a lot of people confuse essential and non-essential as like, oh, we don't need non-essential. No, 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 no. We need all of these. But essential, our body can make. Right. So we know there's essential and non-essential amino acids. We know that there's essential and non-essential fatty acids. There is no essential carbohydrate. There is no essential carbohydrate.
0: But but, but does that depend on so is this just a normal person? No, no, no. Uh,
2: dude, we're talking about the human as, a, as, a, as an just, animal. Just as an animal. And as an animal. And no one debates this. This isn't, a, this isn't a matter of debate. There is no such thing as an essential carbohydrate. But let me ask you this. But And let me just finish that point. Go ahead, the reason it. why it's, that's the case is because we can make glucose. It doesn't mean that it's not important to the body. It means that we can make it. We have the byproducts to make something that our body needs. A lot of people take that ball and they run with it,
0: with oh, we need to consume, gluten. so can that's
1: a lack of knowledge?
0: Can sure can a Kevin Seaman, who just did a seventy-five minute workout, can he function at the highest possible level with zero carbs? I think that's where
2: people are starting. That's
0: the next layer of this. That's that's,
2: that's where the next, I
1: wanted so to start getting involved as well. Because go I'm, ahead. No, you, I think I'm gonna take from what you yeah, said. Go ahead, because that's uh, that's I what think. I want to just. Ketones are one energy base and one energy system. And I I know I'm very familiar with that. And in in fact, as a... Get closer
0: to the mic. Yes, dear.
1: (laughs) As as, as a distance athlete and somebody that needs to perform over a long period of time, ketones are essential and they're the most underused energy system within your body. But your body has three energy systems. Now, focusing on a ketogenic diet and a lot of people argue both ways, and there's a lot of science that supports both, cyst- both sides, mm-hmm. are, are as, and this is an ath- as, an, as an athlete, not as a standard person, right. because right. Uh, there, there's a lot of health benefits to a ketogenic diet. I'm talking from somebody that wants their optimum abilities. How would you argue that uh, a ketogenic diet would benefit that? Because in my personal opinion, yep. under a ketogenic diet, because I, I've, I've done uh-huh. uh, and I've tried, uh, yes, it was healthy, And I didn't have... You've done it before.
0: Yeah, yeah. uh, Six months. Training at at your level.
1: Yeah, differently, yes. I was training more for OCR. Was doing more distance-based running. Well, how did you feel? Fine. Okay, but there was something lacking. There was... The fact that I didn't utilize all three of my energy systems made me feel like I was better in certain areas than others. Where I personally had issues was the transfer of energy. Mm -hmm. Um, That's your creatine based. So you're talking like
2: oxidative versus non oxidative versus glycolytic? Glycolytic, yes, exactly. And and what
1: happens is is when you're doing something like an obstacle course race, you have to jump between your energy systems quickly from aerobic to anaerobic as well. When you're going from a full stage run or, or a cadence based run where you're burning steady energy into like a very high. Uh, uh, A muscular-based activity that engages your full body and and, and almost where you use your creatine, you know your glycogenic system would dump stores in. Mm -hmm. I found myself performing better when I was utilizing all three. You have to balance your diet properly. Like there, there's so I feel Mm -hmm. as an individual, there's a lot of backbone. To the studies Well, what were you
0: adding to it? What were you GJs. adding to your diet to make all three systems work?
2: Like gels or something like, like that?
0: Like, were no, you no, adding, no, a, years, like, a bread? No, like,
1: 99% right. of my diet, even to this day, is off uh, f- as much whole food mm-hmm. as I can. Um, yeah, baby like foods. A lot of people joke, but baby foods are the best thing.
0: Like, what are you eating?
1: Uh, Sweet potato with... uh, I would have baby food that was sweet potato-based with um whatever fruit. Was involved as well, Mm -hmm. and but my long term diet was heavy and saturated and you know saturated not saturated saturated fats, fats, and it was also very you know protein dense. It was was very balanced, and it had the focus of making sure that I optimized each of my energy systems going into it, and I felt like I personally performed better when I took consideration to all three of my energy Mm -hmm. systems because when I was on a ketogenic diet, you definitely deplete. One, one side of it. Now, in, in,
2: I, I, I think it, I think it's all valid points. I would be, I think we would be shocked, again, if we look at like the uh, Stephen Feeney and Jeff Volek, some of the two premier right. premier ketogenic research groups. Again, some of their studies, when you look at the glycogen stores, right, which glycogen is going to be part of that non-oxidative, meaning course, for the listeners out there, that means uh, very high power output for very short duration, right? That's what glycogen is for. We're able to, it's like weightlifting is a great example, it anaerobic, right? So like a, a sprinter or something like that versus look at the body type of a long distance runner. They're just completely different energy systems. That's yeah. oxidative versus non-oxidative. So from that clinical perspective, and now I I, I want to preface by saying that's the athletic component of the ketogenic diet. It's probably the least of ketogenic the, the compartments of ketogenic that I know about, mm-hmm. yes, no, 100%. so I and I I I, I think correct. it's kind of the next layer of where we're gonna really see the ketogenic so, research go. Just it can be done though. Just, Zach Bitter, t- t- the guy t- who just did the the, the hundred mile race. Oh, that's he's very, a, but he was using glucose. He, he was, was using glucose, but he's a carnivore, right? So his training, well,
0: yeah, I, I was gonna dive very di- popular in distance. I was gonna dive into yeah. that because because uh, Sean Baker, who's yeah. like a pioneer. He's like 60 years old.
2: He's crushing
0: it. And the guy yeah. is setting straight carnivore. Yeah. yeah, setting, setting records. rowing records, mm-hmm. okay, on a carnivore diet. Yes. Okay, now at 60 years old, the guy is fucking shredded. Looks great. Okay, looks great. Performance is outrageous. World-class.
2: World-class, world-class performance. World not, a, not a subjective yeah. thought.
0: That's, yeah, that's so real. world-class. So he's an example of, you know, like maybe a high-class athlete, can operate at a high level just on a carnivore can diet.
2: I, my, my thing, and then I would say, let's move on from this part. I would say this. I think people might make mistakes doing a ketogenic diet with very high demand of sport by potentially not eating enough fat. Fats, saturated fats. Or just fats in general, but yes, mostly saturated fats. So What I see people is they burn the candle from both ends because they go, okay. Uh, Yeah, carbs, I don't need them that much. I'm going to reduce it. If someone's eating 250 grams of carbs a day and they reduce it to 150 grams of carbs a day, I come from the the camp of, dude, you're just making your body more confused. There is a threshold that your body needs to hit where it goes, oh shit, I can't make my energy from glucose anymore. I got to use this other... Thing. Fuel source, yeah. diesel fuel versus unleaded fuel. You right, know what I mean? Right, right, And so if generally that number, and this is loose, but it's about 50 to 70 grams of carbs of where the body, any like, whether it's the Atkins diet or any of these other diets, it's generally about 50 grams or less that your body flips over. So what I have seen, and this is anecdotal, this is just from my personal mm-hmm. experience and conversations, is that people go, all right, I'm gonna reduce the carbohydrate intake, but I don't, I'm not all in on the fat right i still can't get my mind around having a quarter house every day is mm-hmm. it going to break you know kill me so they kind of fill that gap with protein
0: because there's there's doctors out there that will tell you that if you are high in saturated fat then you have a higher risk of getting cancer higher risk oh, yeah. of diabetes 100%. higher risk of heart failure people,
2: people think that a lot and a lot of times those things are based off of what we talked about earlier about observational data that looks at large groups of populations and they go, the peop- The example I like to use with that, so you look at a large group of population, they have a, a high rate of cardiovascular disease, they have a high rate of saturated fat. Boom, saturated fat causes heart disease. Let's look at this. A lot of people that die have gray hair. Does gray hair cause people to die? Right. No, it's associated with that. It's not a cause of that. So a lot of the mistakes that we make in nutritional research, Gary Tobbs talks about this, Nina Teicholz talks about this. A lot of the mistakes that we make is that we jump to conclusions based off of observational data. What you're supposed to do with epidemiological observational data is generate hypothesis that you then do randomized controlled trials in 30 people, 40 people, 50 people, 60 people, where you can control the variables and then look. And when you look at that research, and I swear, it gives me chills. When you look at this over the past 10 or 15 years, the low carb literature has been overwhelming. Not even just- Overwhelming in what way? In terms of the quality of the studies,
0: mm-hmm.
2: generally ketogenic diets or looking at fat in an epidemiological lens is generally unfavorable, right? For fat, when you look at it, because again, if I have a hamburger with a bun and you have a 12 ounce piece of beef, our body's gonna process that differently, mm-hmm. right? Because carbohydrate is this influencer. So when you look at it just as a whole, it doesn't work out. But when you look at the clinical data, one of them is the A to Z study. I mean, there's a whole host. Yeah. There's a link. I mean, we can certainly share you it. You want to say something? No, I'm actually, I'm taking this in now. We'll get
1: to it, but I know
2: we I don't know. want to go Listen, forever. No, no, no. But no.
1: there's, um, I personally am not, uh, I'm not not a fan. I'm a fan of the knowledge and any diet that's going to benefit people's lifestyles and help them be healthier is something I will support. I, it didn't personally work, it didn't benefit me for my lifestyle but it's something worth trying. Mm-hmm. And one thing that you keep referring back to is is a very simple uh, a piece of terminology. People are just uninformed. Sure. Yeah. But the thing about being informed is you have to look... For the information, right. like it doesn't just fall in your lap. We we as a culture have not. We, been we just taught. assume
0: we we hear something and it's like, oh, fats are bad, right. so I yeah. can't have. that. So you're eating this this fucking huge poor uh, steak, dude. You're gonna get fat, right. And you're gonna die. Well, fat goes to ask, fat. Yeah, Fat yeah. yeah. goes fat. Well, when
1: was the last time in school that they even used the term ketogenic? Did you learn? And I'm talking not I'm talking about through it. high school. I'm we we not talking knew collegiate level. Knew
0: nothing when, about it. When did we
1: ever speak about? a nutritional intake and how your body actually works we did biology to see the pieces of the body but not how it processes energy or how it utilizes no i mean food listen I, 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 very well said yeah, you know I,
0: I, I play i played college football and you know the, the terminology pretty much was like a to perform well you need your carbs okay and you need, you need your protein from meats that's all we knew right it's like okay i'm gonna go i'm gonna go work out now i gotta eat a bagel and some bread right Okay, I, I mean, I don't know, I didn't know like the scientific Wait. data or any yeah. of that shit behind it.
1: Well, no. knowledge was less plentiful and I, and right? I think,
2: I think two of the quick points to that is A, we we grossly oversimplify a very complex issue and B, that scenario that you just give up and I say this in the most respect, that's not the person I feel bad for. Okay? Yeah. I feel bad for the person who has gradually put on one, two, three pounds a year doing reducing their butter intake eating more healthy whole grain foods, and they're constantly hungry. They think they have to go into a caloric deficit, so now they're not eating enough food. They're on the treadmill three days a week. Right. All of this shit. They're not healthy. They're not happy.
1: Right. They're and not now happy. they
2: gradually, they've put on three pounds a year, and now 10 years later, they're 30 pounds overweight. Right. right, right. And then it's 40. Those are the people, those are our mothers. Those are our aunts. Those are our uncles. Those yeah. are those people who I'm in this fight for because I go... You have been listening to what people have said, and you've gone fucked. Yeah. And so I take it on. So.
0: Okay, listen. Keto, I, I, that's I wa- it. I want to just talk in layman's terms with you, and I want you to talk in layman's terms.
2: It's going to be hard, but we'll try. Okay.
0: That's the problem with this. It's a
2: scientific Tell, based... tell yeah, the
0: audience what the carnivore diet is. Okay. So.
2: Uh, ketogenic for 10 years. Owen talks to me about, he brings up carnivore diet. I go, you're friggin' nuts, right? As someone who eats on a ketogenic diet, a lot of green leafy vegetables and a high percentage of my calories come from fat, which is generally any type of meat or animal product. He tells me about the carnivore diet. I do some research into it. The first obvious thing that pops up, and please make a note to, so we can discuss this, is one, nutrition defici- deficiency, mm-hmm. right? How do you get all your nutrients? And two fiber. How do you get your fiber, right? So those are the two main pillars that you generally hear on a car, uh, carnivorous diet. So I do my research. I listen to Sean Baker on Joe Rogan. Uh, Sean Baker brings this up and he starts talking anecdotally about people who have survived on just meat diets. So there's the 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 Anderson family, which is this family out west that has been only on Peterson
0: Pe- family. Is there a Peterson? So
2: there are. So yeah. the, hold that point. daughter
0: was I heard that, yeah.
2: but Jordan was yeah, the yeah, one yeah, different. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, so then there's all these, these these parts around the world, the Inuit, the Masa, uh, anywhere up in the Nordic, Arctic kind of countries. Like, good luck finding a fucking vegetable out there, okay? Like, right. Good luck finding right. that. Mongolia. So there's all these subsets of people that actually thrive without having vegetables. So that got exposed to me, and I was like, huh, that's kind of interesting, right? Mm-hmm. And then... I'm listening to Rogan and I'm listening just to Jordan Peterson for his, he's a clinical psychologist He was on Rogan, on Rogan, not there about carnivore. Okay. He's a cl- He's someone who I respect about two thirds of the way through the presentation. Rogan goes "Dude, you look great. Yeah. He's like, what is it? You're glowing. You've lost 30 pounds. And Jordan Peterson goes, um, I've been doing carnivore now for, you know, uh, whatever, however many months. And he's like, Joe, all I eat is beef, salt, water. And then that gets into, he talks about how he got into that from Michaela, which was his daughter. Okay. So that for me. Well, Michaela
0: had a lot of issues. Autoimmune
2: disorders, very bad arthritis. She had to she get like a, a, total, a total ankle. ankle. Yeah, yeah. Total so, ankle done.
0: So she's,
2: she's claiming. But she went
0: carnivore her. and now she's like, great. Thriving. Thriving. Mm-hmm. So that was like, okay,
2: I'm going to try this. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to try this. So. The first week, my transition into carnivore. So a typical dinner for me would be a side salad, a vegetable, and a meat. Bang, bang, bang. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I'm going to get rid of the vegetable. So I'm going to have just salad and a meat. That's how you worked yourself into it. That's how I worked myself into it. And I remember I would be having these foods. I'd be eating really well. And I'm looking on my couch. And I'm looking down. And I'm like, dude, my stomach is like fucking swollen. I'm like... And I mean, I, we all have some LBs that we can trim up, right? Certainly me, sure. we all can. But I'm like, dude, it wasn't like this an hour ago. I'm like, my stomach is like, it's like inflamed. Yeah. And so I started noticing that, right? So then I was like, let me try removing the salad, right? I'm going to do this. I'm like, all right, am I going to die?
0: <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Am I, I
2: doing, is this irresponsible? What right. the hell is going on, right? But I know Sean Baker and, and I know Michaela and I know Jordan Peterson and, you know, the Anderson family, like people are like, are living. All right. So, So then I try it for a week. Just me. Just me. Worst diary of my life, okay? Dude. <laughs>
1: That's normal, though. Bro. What were you so- yeah, Let's so not
2: oversimplify. And I'll get into the, the nuts and bolts yeah, yeah, yeah. of it. Yeah, I'm eating just steak, okay? Morning I'm eating- steak. Yeah, I'm having steak. I'm having some eggs. Um, you know, I would have some cheese. My body does pretty well with cheese. So like, I was at hard cheeses, you know, the fermented cheeses. I don't I don't like the soft cheeses. So, like, I have some Italian blood in me. i have some Parmesan cheese. You know, I'll cut a, a chunk off. But mostly I'm eating meat. Worst diarrhea of my life, okay?
1: It's and I'm so, like... I went through that. Dude, I'm, 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 I'm like... Because I went through that. I'm like, yo, was, my, my, my,
2: I'm like, my body is is rejecting this. Something's wrong, right? So I start Like, you're shitting every day. Dude. you shit like 30 times almost, a day. Almost to the point where, like, I can't control it. Like, almost to the point where... Like, you're where shitting where your like, pants. I'm like, oh... <laughs> I, I, for the record, I did not shit my pants. <laughs> but, but yes, it was that close. Probably came close. So <sighs> what ended up happening is people found out, and this community has said this is very common, and the reason why is because the lack of fiber, right? So everyone knows fiber as the means to making us poop, right? And so fiber, and we can get into it, fiber is something that is non-digestible from humans and it gives us no nutritional content, okay? There's not one vitamin or one mineral that we get from fiber and we can't digest it. Mm -hmm. Hence, it makes us poop a lot. It adds volume to our poop. Right. What happens is, The majority of your reabsorption of water occurs in your large intestine, which is right before your colon, right before your rectum. So you reabsorb all of this water. When you have fiber present in your diet, think of it as absorbing things, Mm -hmm. okay? Part of the original studies of why fiber was good is because it absorbs some cholesterol. And we go, look, you're pooping out cholesterol. This is great. Well, it also takes in a lot of that water. So when you are able to remove fiber from the diet, your large intestine has kind of become lazy over mm-hmm. the course of the time of having fiber because it doesn't need to reabsorb all that water because the excess water is being excreted through your feces. Right. So there was this transition phase where my, my large intestine was doing double the work now to get back, right? So I get through that first week of carnivore of just going to the bathroom all the time. Boys, I'm fired up. I'm feeling good.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm sleeping good. Mm-hmm. But the inflammation of in my stomach, gone. I'm eating a pound and a half of a ribeye and I'm done, and I'm cleaning the dishes, and I'm like, dude, I'm I'm good. I'm like, I'm good. I just- well, How about
0: your hunger level? Are you hungry after? Dude, you
2: Just imagine eating a pound. Pa- I eat now about one to four pounds of, of beef, of animal product a day. Every right? day? Yeah, one to four, kind of depending on what it is, how, how I feel and this and that. You imagine having a two pound steak. You're probably not gonna be full. You're probably not gonna be hungry afterwards, yeah. right? So part of this and part of the ketogenic diet is you eat until you're full, right? We don't th- th- this concept of losing weight through starving ourselves and caloric de- deprivation is a very man-made new concept that doesn't really have a lot of validity to it. So I was eating to su- su- to satiety. Then when I was on keto, I would always kind of fluctuate. You know, I'd have the holidays where I'd kind of bulk up a little bit unintentionally. You know, yeah, eating whatever. Right. And then I would mm-hmm. lose, and I kind of fluctuate this 10 or 15 pounds. But then I would I would kind of stay, for me, that was about 227, 228 LBs is where my body would kind of stay there. And no matter how strict I was with my ketogenic diet, I couldn't really break that. Like, we'll call it 225 just to make a nice mm-hmm. number. I couldn't really break 225. So I, within that first couple of weeks of, of getting back into, and I was actually already keto, right? But then really hammering in the, the, the carnivore, all of a sudden it was like 224, 223, mm-hmm. 222. Now I went from a, a, originally a thirty eight to a thirty four pan size, like
0: what? Like yeah. I I didn't it, this like, is over the course of what? How so much? now
2: that at this point, so I was I was I was really hard on my ketogenic diet for like I said I've been doing it for ten years, but there's been some ups and downs. But I would say for about three months where I lost that initial ten or fifteen pounds that I normally lose, but then I would plateau. That's when I started the car, carnivorous diet, and I, I have them down. The first like probably month you're you're losing about like one to two pounds a week. Right, and some people they say a pound a day, right? It it, it really depends varies. on where
1: you start as yep. well. Right. It also depends on how much you have
2: stuck how in your mu- system. Right,
1: um, exactly, because you, you always have just you have fiber itself. That's a good way to put it. Fiber can get stuck Pro in your small intestine. Yeah, yeah, it it causes inflammation and can get stuck in your small intestine. It also causes you to retain water. So 100%. the the more you take that away, the more the longer you have that taken out of your diet the quicker what's left in your system is going to flush out yeah so it depends on how big you are and what's in there to begin with right Uh, so you can lose you can technically you really can lose four pounds in one day yeah just uh, but that's mainly just flushed
2: water weight sure right Um, and anytime you go ketogenic as well you're you're going to initially lose some of that glycogen that we we heard of one gram of glycogen generally has about three grams of water associated with it so the thing you always hear about ketogenic diets is you lose water weight yes in the beginning Mm-hmm. In the beginning, that's right. why people's blood pressure plummets on a ketogenic diet. Everyone loses blood pressure on a ketogenic diet. It's because initially now, you're, well,
1: and it's which great. could be bad if you have low
2: blood pressure, right. so which is a very, it. very small percentage of the of yes. people. It's sure that exists. Yes, you just gotta mm-hmm. be mm-hmm. smart, but the careful. majority of people yes. are hypertensive. So, staying focused on the carnivorous diet, right? So, then I try this and fast forward, it's now four months. And uh, what are you weighing right now? So, now about 217. My okay. goal is to get down to, I mean, 210 would be would be great, but 217. Um, my pants, dude, I've never, uh, I've never felt mental clarity. So where do I even start with this? So the, the GI distress, okay. When I go to the bathroom now, Mm -hmm. okay. It is quiet, (laughs) right? It is not a lot of poop after. Okay. And in the beginning, you know, we for some reason think it's great to poop every day, and big poops are great for some reason. Which you love, because guys are amazing. No one really knows why. It's mainly for fun, right? No one really knows why. purpose. It's not so, a health so benefit. I go to the bathroom now. So it's like your friends I go about every two it. days, every three days, and you're dropping like little deer turns, Dude, And it's like it's not messy, it's not smelly, it's 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 quiet, it's and quiet. and the reason is the argument is that my body is absorbing. All of the nutrients from the beef well and this is where we can go with the, the real carnivore diet in this conversation there's two pillars to this there is the benefit of carbo uh, of, of uh, nutrients coming from animal derived foods and then plant toxins right that's the one that pisses everyone off right this is why this becomes such a polarizing the conversation right because we know plants as being healthy. Again, air quotes, right? As as plants as being healthy. So let me try to break this down and I'm gonna really keep this in layman's terms because this is still new to me, right? I'm only four months in. I'm only four months in. So this is still new to me. But okay. Plants are a living organism, okay? All living organisms want to live, Mm -hmm. all of them. That's what evolution is, that's what Darwinism is, that's what survival is. Plants have been on Earth for about 350 to 450 million years. Plants have been here. Some of them are meant to be eaten, okay? A majority of them are not. They're not there as as a living organism just to be eaten by other things. That would just not work. They would die out if that was the case. Evolution would not allow them to progress. Now, plants have roots in the ground. Some of them have spikes, you know, a rose, a spike. We know you eat the wrong plant. You're dead within seconds, right? We know that there are some that are poisonous. Mm -hmm. What stands out to me is that about 95% of plants on earth are inedible to humans. Think about that. 95% 95 of plants on earth are inedible to humans, right? So we have about 5% of these plants that we're able to eat. So the way that plants work in a defense mechanism, there's kind of a couple of them. One of them is called oxalates. One of them is called phytates. One of them is called lectins. They're all these components. And this this baffles me, right? When you, when you start looking at some of these things. But for instance, oxalates, this is something that's found in like your spinach, your green leafy vegetables, this and that. What essentially happens is when a plant is uh, being, say, eaten or it's gonna be attacked, It takes nutrients that are from those plants. So you talk zinc, you talk magnesium, you talk calcium. It creates these crystals, okay? The plant does. The plant does, that are very microscopic that we can't see. So when insects go to bite these plants, they break their teeth. They break the things that are known because it's these hard crystals. 80% of kidney stones in the United States, or maybe the world, but 80% of kidney stones are called calcium oxalate. (laughs) So they are, and this is from the urology world is admitting this, that they are from oxalates that are only found in vegetables. So that's one of the components of when you eat these foods, and I'm talking plant foods, you are not absorbing the nutrients that you would think. If you have 50 grams of, say, zinc in a bowl of broccoli, I'm not saying that's the exact term, but for our example, let's say 50 grams of zinc in your bowl of broccoli, you are not absorbing 50 grams. Because of these anti-nutrients that exist in the plant, it's the plant's defense mechanism to stop the host from eating it. So that's one. So fifty grams of protein,
0: plant-based, what's called zinc. like a vitamin
2: or a mineral. Not it, because you're not getting pr- really any protein from spinach or
0: broccoli. You're, None. Right. You get it from like A well, little, but yeah. It but it but exists, won't but vegans tell you, people that eat vegetables all the time, tell you that you're getting protein? from a broccoli.
2: So again, let's yes, keep it to course, vitamins and minerals. Yeah. Let's keep this to vitamins and minerals right now. We'll we'll, we'll certainly dive into okay. that. one study that was done. Again, this is one study, but this was a this was an interventional clinical randomized controlled trial. They took a, I think it was uh it was 60 vegans, right? 60 vegan women. And they looked at three things. They looked at calcium, they looked at zinc, and they looked at magnesium. And they were feeding them a vegan a plant-based diet that their RDA, so the recommended daily allowance of all three of those were met through foods and supplementation, right? So they have a hundred percent of the recommended daily allowance for those three micronutrients. They found out after the food and after the ingestion, and when they retested these things, about forty-six percent of them were deficient in those vitamins in their body. So it's like, okay, let's back up. We're getting a hundred percent. We're taking this in, but yet. Only about half of it we're going to absorb? Mm-hmm. Why is that the case? Michael Pollan, who is a gentleman, he did uh, Food Lies, he did, uh, not Food Lies, uh, I'm blanking, but Michael Pollan, he's a pretty well-respected, he's relatively plant-based you know, uh, uh, nutritionist, I think clinical researcher, he talked about this in 2005. He had a paper in the New York Times that no one really gave a shit about. But he, and again, this is someone who's a plant advocate. right? He is not a carnivore, he is not ketogenic. But he talked about the anti-nutrients that exist in plants that reduce the absorption of nutrients, okay? So oxalate is a quick one. The other one, things like phytates, for instance, those are found, you see a lot of these in the seeds of foods. Mm. The reason why they're found in the seeds and because plants are very fucking smart is because that's the way they produce their offspring. Plants are very smart. Dude, they've been here for 350 million years. I don't know <laughs> With any With no addition. defense. With no defense. <laughs> Think about that. They've been here for 350 fucking million years with no defense, and yet they're still thriving. Mm -hmm. They're still everywhere. So they have these defense mechanisms. The way that they defend themselves isn't the way an animal defends itself, with us with our fist, or you know, tiger with teeth. They do it, they try to kill you slowly, baby. They try to kill you slowly, and I have no reservation saying that, because you start learning about these chemicals that are natural in them. Now this is the big one that really blew me away. Sulforaphane. Okay, sulforaphane is this chemical that people have found in plants to kill cancer cells. Uh-huh. Okay, so when you look at it, that's great. Sulforaphane, holy shit! You know it's going to kill cancer cells. So sulforaphane does not exist in plants. It is too toxic for a plant. So what it has, it has a compound that you have to excuse me on what the name is. It's very complex. I'm not remembering right now. But it has a compound and has an activating enzyme. That are both in separate compartments within the plant. Okay, when the plant undergoes a breakage of those barriers, mm-hmm. those two things combine. So the activation enzyme and this compound combined to make sulforaphane as a toxin. Okay, so this only happens once the plant is being chewed, eaten, broken down. So the the plant knows I can't have sulforaphane here. It's way too oxidative. There's way too much stuff going on. So now we look at sulforaphane in the body. And we see some studies where, you know, it might attack some cancer cells. What people are leaving out, and this is my, I like, I love Rhonda Patrick, but she leaves this out in the Joe Rogan podcast and it really pissed me off because this was very- I listened to that podcast and it, actually, it, it, I heard that it, one. It, dude, I love her. I mean this. You I think heard she, it? I, yeah, I heard it. She, she left this part out and this was part of the study. I read the study and it was brought to my attention. Sulforaphane that's also killing some of these cancer cells is also killing healthy cells.
0: It's also, by ingesting it, by- Because
2: it's an oxidative compound. Because the, the the plant is trying to kill but the whole. But when you say plant, what, what, are, what, what plant? So sephoraphane, you can Google right now where you get sephoraphane. This is one compound that you're seeing that is generally in like green leafy vegetables, broccoli. But this is one of the compounds that exist. Oxalate was one I already said, right? The crystal forming thing that is going to absorb nutrients from its food, create these undigestible crystals that are going to prevent the body from digesting these hormones or from digesting these nutrients and causing a deficiency. Again, that's the only way this poor plant can defend itself. It's not going to bite you. It's not, right. going, to, it's not going to stab you with something. I know it sounds really crazy. Now, the fan, Let's just dive into that one more, and then we'll move on from that. I promise. The body, what they found in clinical research is that safforfin increases the body's natural production of antioxidants. So now people are like, this is fucking great. So now I'm eating this thing that is potentially killing some cancer cells and it's causing my body to produce antioxidants. Well, why is it causing the body to produce antioxidants? It's causing the body to produce antioxidants because it's an oxidative stress to the body. The Mm -hmm. body is going, holy shit, I have this thing that would have killed the plant if it was alive in the plant. Again, it's not in the plant because it knows it will kill the plant. And so, when we look at the data, and this is very complex shit. So, so
0: let me digest first. Let me just right. I don't know any of this shit, by the way, and I'm learning all this shit right now. But like here, let me ask you this: So, are you saying that I shouldn't eat (laughs) leafy greens because it's killing cells? Let's
1: say this though: Before you ask that question, you're going to ask him this question, and he's going to give you. His I know, answer. of course. But right. We got to You're going that. have opinion. so many people with so that, many statistics, there's, that's why and this... scientific data. Uh, yeah, with, with scientific data to back up and and, and and a solid background in history within the field to support their opinions as well. I think you'd be shocked? It's technically all scientific facts. I think so, you would be
2: shocked at the lack of scientific data that exists when you look at individual vegetables with outcomes, right? A lot of times we group, you hear the blue zones a lot, right? Vegans talk about the blue zones, right? And so the blue zones are these areas around the world that have very high intakes of vegetables and fruits, right? And so a lot of vegans will say, well, look, these people, blue zones, people live to over 100, right? They have the highest majority of people. What they also look at is these people live in hilly conditions, they walk a lot. They have access to healthcare. They don't drink. They don't smoke, and all these other confounding variables. So, say you're eating dog shit every day, and all of a sudden you switch to eating fruits and vegetables. I'd be willing to bet that your body is probably going to do better when you consume more fruits and vegetables because right. you're not eating shit. You're not eating shit. So, so listen. to your point, Kevin, I just, I would, I, I think that informa- The burden of proof of people saying fruits and vegetables are overwhelmingly good for us,
0: prove it to me. Show me those studies. So you're you're basically saying, show me if, someone's t- if someone comes to you and says, Corey, you don't have any vegetables. Mm-hmm. Okay? You don't have any fruits. How are you surviving? I know. It's okay? crazy. But here, I want to play I wanna play devil's advocate. Please. Because I texted th- this to you this morning. Last night, and by no means did I do, do this on purpose, I was just hanging out at home, and I put on a Netflix, we're going to finish this up in like 10 minutes. That's okay. Um, a Netflix film called What the He- it's I, need, I need a little more time. What the Health. Oh, I love that one. Okay, and I'm going to quote this. This film examines the link between diet and disease and the billions of dollars at stake in the healthcare, pharmaceutical, and food industries. Mm -hmm. Okay, the entire um, 90 minutes, and listen, I only watched about an hour of it, Mm -hmm. okay, was basically doctors, Mm -hmm. licensed doctors, Mm -hmm. saying that if you eat meat, any type of meat, Mm-hmm. okay you have a higher risk of cancer. Mm-hmm. you have a higher risk of diabetes. Mm-hmm. You have a higher risk of heart failure okay, okay. Um, These folks are also saying that when you're eating meat, like do you know what's going in the meat on mm-hmm. these quote unquote meat farms down in North Carolina? Sure you know the, 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 the pharmaceutical pills mm-hmm. that are being ingested by these animals. Okay. okay, that this meat is detrimental to your health okay. because of all this crap that's going on initially. Okay, how would you respond to that?
2: Can I respond
1: first? Yes, I, think I have a good one, and this is one of like the things that I do have knowledge on uh, within the, the the ketogenic diet and the world uh, of ketosis. It has been proven, scientifically proven, that a proper regulated ketogenic diet can actually help fight and battle cancer because cancer survives strictly glucose cells. off of glucose so if you remove glucose from your bodies you rem- glucose from your body you or rem- you are directly removing the fuel source for cancer to grow and or survive mm-hmm. so there have been a lot of studies mm-hmm. and very good studies um, and again I'm not an advocate of the carnivore diet or t- I'm not against it either I'm sure. a very, very neutral middle grounder no, I'm very right. neutral when it comes to Respect this. That. And But I will say that there has been scientific background that does show, in certain cases, diabetes. It's shown to help because it it regulates insulin. Um, Meat-based. Meat-based. Meat-based diets, uh, uh, ketogenic diets, uh, are are very proper when used properly for people with with diabetic symptoms. They're also very, very prominent in the world of fighting cancer. So, but... Also, to your defense, you don't always
0: uh, know what's going. on I'm in- not into. I, I, I'm playing devil's advocate. Okay, I'm going off a of film. That listen, the, the propaganda well, is basically they want us to to eat plants and rice, and they want and us to have this conversation, and they want us to have this conversation. Now, what I saw last night was that got me just fucking crazy. Was these farms down in North Carolina, the okay? pig farms. The pig farms. The pig farms? Yeah. That literally these pigs and the feces, and they're laying in their feces and the or feces they spray are... spray the piss. They're spraying it all over the place. Uh, yep. Okay? And these pigs are, are dying and they're keeping them in these like, these bins and then chopping them up and then putting them on shelves. For people to eat. For people to eat. I can't I can't sit back anymore. <laughs> for people so, to eat.
2: So there's a lot of components to this. I'm going to keep this part quick because I have to finish another part of the carnivore thing. I, I only brought up one aspect of it. I'll make it quick. With, in terms of this, right, uh, there's a lot of rebuttals out there regarding this film. I'll leave it up to the viewers. Have you numbers. seen it? I've seen it in parts. Okay. I've seen it in parts. Now, I can't remember the that, guy who... But, I've seen but it. It's a lot of this. graphic. Now, there, it's there's no graphic. doubt, as someone who's a meat eater, okay, as someone who's a carnivore, I feel like there is a responsibility for sustainable, regenerative agriculture, okay? So I believe that there should be an ethical component to how we raise and kill these animals. Right. And I think they should live properly. If we're going to do this the way it needs to be done, then regenerative agriculture, meaning you have quadrants, meaning you're not monocropping. That's a term in in the—I swear this could be a whole podcast about— the actual environmental impact of meat, which is very, very biased with some of this information. I think the theme to all of this is that there's very weak science that supports the shit that we know. We've made a lot of leaps of faiths in what we think based off of observation. So again, when you look at these studies that you you brought up, right? The first thing, this film examining the link. Mm-hmm. The link between mm-hmm. these two things. I'm not debating that a oh, link... Oh, no, no,
0: yeah, yeah. I'm not debating that.
2: that a link might exist between these two things, between meat consumption, cancer, car, da, 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 da. Uh, that link might exist. But to think that that link is actually derived from just meat alone without meat being combined with carbohydrate or being combined with maybe a certain type of protein, we don't know. We don't know. What if it's that when you have meat and you also have... Milk, there's a certain chemical reaction. So this is the reason why, when you look at large op- observational epidemiological evidence, this is always where they come back to. Yeah. This link
0: exists. You know, and, and listen, what, what I also took away from this film, because I'm in the medical industry and so are you, is I see a lot of fat people getting hip, hip replacements, Dude. knee replacements. The U.S. is is cluttered with with overweight people. Mm-hmm. okay so i mean this film really goes into and they they also talk about just how these pharmaceutical companies are in bed with like you know the, the companies that are producing meats etc yeah I, a because, lot of us would make the argument the other way because here here, here, hear me out for a second is our country our society is not based on okay dude like listen you're in good shape right now take x y and z so you don't end, end up fat what what our government or society or whatever you want to call it wants you to get fat sure okay wants you to get a knee replacement and then wants you to get diabetes so the pharmaceutical companies can give you 20 different pills sure okay 38% obesity rate Yeah. as of January 1st right 38% the highest in now, the world I, listen and and germany's what, been at what, 11% what what this years. what this film was was saying was that okay dude like Everyone's getting fat because of all this shit meat they're eating. Okay, and these pharmaceutical companies love it because they're crap. They're eating crap, and then they're getting fat. They're getting diabetes. They're getting heart disease, and then the pharmaceutical companies are giving them all these pills. I, I, I,
2: again, we we can we can we can blow a lot of hot air here. Um, it's, it, it, this this film, and there's been a lot of them like it, again, they've been very highly debunked when you get into some of the actual, we can say all we want about yeah. opinion, right? And I can say all I want about opinion. It is my opinion. But there are elements of, of certain clinical research that this, move, that this fails to show. Well, there that was no, no are, clinical research. Well, exactly. I mean, it,
0: it was, was, was 30,000 feet in the air. And, I mean, we're, and we're looking it made at... It to
1: just disrupt you visually.
0: Basically, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm watching pig farms <laughs> and, as and someone, there's poop everywhere <laughs> and feces. And as someone who eats a lot of meat, again, I'm going to be the first
2: to say, I think we need to do a better job of doing this from a, a agricultural perspective, from an ethical perspective, because I don't think that is the best way. Now, my 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 subtle jab yeah. or my counterpunch to that would be: Well, why aren't they making the same argument about genetically modif- genetically modified uh, organisms that al- abide in all of these vegetables? Right? right? They'll say this. There's a whole another document. There's on a on whole another documentary on that. Well, Monsanto, yeah, no, 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 I I right? So people will go out there because you know what it is, bro? They see the animals, right? Do you know this? In, when you look at just it's, agriculture, it's when you look at just agriculture, one point three billion animals die a year from agriculture. So people in the carnivore right. community will actually make the argument that less animals will die and, carnivorously because I can kill one cow and potentially feed myself for a year. Right. Maybe two cows and I'll be good. You have to kill all the insects in the field. You have to kill all the predators that are trying to eat right. those. 1.3 billion and, animals. And I so think they pick and what this, choose what, what animals you're looking what, at. Because they're fluffy and they're what, nice.
0: Yeah, what this film did for me is... Listen, dude. I'd rather watch uh, a person die than a dog or a cow die. <laughs> yeah. Okay? So there's an emotional... That's what they did. There's, there's an emotional, emotional aspect. It's like, yo, I saw all these dead fucking pigs. And I'm like, oh my God. Now, if I saw fertilizer being thrown on plants i don't give a fuck Great it's, it's a fucking humanization plant. of animals it's a plant i don't own term. a plant
2: and <laughs> and when we look at say now again I, I i can't say this enough right i think there's an ethical component to this with the animals right but let's also not forget that nature is brutal okay when you look at some of these animals their average life expectancy in the wild is about two to four years yeah Right. they are going to
0: get demolished, demolished by
2: apex predators, okay? Right. There is going to be, there is a hierarchy. So we look at, you know, nature as being all this, you know, kind of nice... Housekeeping? That when we look at, you know, uh, the nature having right. this nice, everything works together, nature is violent. But listen, I got I to gotta finish one thing. So I'm going to give you, off. like, three minutes. Okay, so... When we look at, I said there's two parts of the car- carnivorous diet that uh, we have to look at. One of them is the plant toxins, which we talked about sulforaphane. We talked about oxalates. We talked about phytates. We didn't even talk about lectins. Okay. We didn't even talk about gluten. Everyone admits now that gluten is an issue. <laughs> it's only found in plants. Don't get
0: me started. Okay? Like but but, but, but people, is gluten an issue?
2: You, you you guys decided on your own, you know, but there has been a lot of issues with, in terms of the absorption of either the lack of absorption in the gut or the increase in things that cross the permeability of the gut because we've deteriorated it. Now, this is where you're starting to see links between the gut and Alzheimer's, where you're starting to see links between gut and mental issues, okay? So that exists. I saw this the other day. I was watching Georgia Eddy. If anyone who wants to really, you should look at this. Her first name is Georgia. Last name is E-D-E. She is fascinating. But she has this whole thing. She showed one study that 75% of people that had autism, 75% of them in this one study were sensitive to gluten. You're like, damn, that's a large number. Is it cause and effect? Is it correlation? Yes, it is correlation. But that's a pretty fucking high number. Now, we said
0: the-
2: 75%. 75%. Now, this is one study. It's a correlation. You know, again, I'm not going to let this, like, make my full argument. But you're like, damn, that's pretty powerful. I talked about the plant toxins. The other component to the carnivorous diet of why so many people thrive on this is because all the essential nutrients that we need from animals- or that we need to survive, we can get through animal products. And we are going to absorb them better because we don't have the anti-nutrient components in plants that are blocking that absorption. So again, there's things called the protein digestible score, where you look at it, steak is like 93. So that's a number of zero to 100. And like steak is like 93. And you look at things like tofu, and you look at things like soy. They're in the 30s and 40s, right? So we're absorbing this content of food a lot better on a carnivorous diet. That's why when I speak about my own anecdotal response to this diet, that's why I poop less. That's why I have less inflammation. That's why it's overall, I believe my body's doing really well with it because I can take these nutrients that are available to me, right? I don't have to waste time growing plants. That's a very arduous process. And plants, let's not forget, are seasonal and regional. Mm-hmm. You're not getting broccoli year-round. You're not getting it if you live a certain distance above the equator. True. You're not getting certain components that exist above the equator, below the equator. So it's very, very... It would be very weak. Sorry for spitting you. Me. spit all my face. It would be very, very <laughs> weak. That was magic. It would be, it be, be very, watch. very weak for our bodies and evolution to support us from a, 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 an area... Of foods that are that are you know very regional, seasonal, and you know a lack of uh, nutritional absorption. So, carnivorous diet meat gives us all the components that we need to not just survive and thrive, while reducing the plant toxins that exist. Right.
0: Okay. Now, um, well, I want you to just. Talk about one last thing. I just want Dude, you. You can. As I much know. As you I want, know. Man, I know. We as as much can much much talk about want, this man. for like twenty five. Because there, there's, there's a, there's a lot of things we did not. But get listen, into. what I want you to talk about. What I, and I what I want you to end with. Is how the, the the carnivore diet has helped you, maybe with your panic attacks or your anxiety, and maybe some mental clarity. Can you just talk on that? Absolutely, for no. a for a minute. I certainly can. I would say <laughs> a minute
1: because I have a wife and no, a uh, no, 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 son, no. She, so she, and they're gonna, like gonna it stab care. me one when of, I get home.
2: One of the components that I think we look at of why so many people have nutri- uh, mental issues that are on the rot right is that I believe it's it's twofold. It's a lack of f- essential fatty acids that are the precursors to the neurotransmitters that exist in the brain. So our brain is two thirds fat, okay? Our brain is 2% of our body weight and it consumes 20% of the cholesterol in the body, okay? Our Mm -hmm. brains cannot take cholesterol in from the blood-brain barrier because the cholesterol is too big. So it produces its own cholesterol
0: from those fatty acids that we derive ourselves. I love him. Everything's scientific. I I I know. Well, I'm
1: actually being very particular, by the way, because I have a very... That's why I've been quiet, which is abnormal, because... I have uh, I have a big background in this as well, mm-hmm. so I'm just like waiting for you to like say something that's <laughs> not right, just so I could jump on it. But statistically speaking, he's been very no, accurate. A- absolutely. In, in I my that. knowledge, I appreciate my that. knowledge. But, my no, knowledge he has he that.
0: has a lot of great knowledge. But what I want you to do is fucking yeah. dumb it down. All right, all <laughs> dude, right, all right, all right, I, all right. No, why, do
1: why do you think all of your listeners are stupid like me? No, but <laughs> I just I just want
0: listen. He's I'm been fantastic. Be,
2: I'm done making a complaint. I want you to
0: just I want you to say, dude, like. How the fuck do you feel? So, unbelievable. like you wake up and you're unbelievable. Like, I'll
2: say this: it is. Um, there is my sleep quality. Yeah. is drastically improved. Okay, so I think that's maybe one of the components that is is maybe the foundation to all of this, right? I, I'm sleeping a lot better. For me, what I've noticed, I would say, and we had this conversation before about like CBD products and things like this. What I would say for me is that any type of anticipatory. Anxious effect that I might get that are naturally occurring whether it's given a presentation whether it's meeting new people My response is that it's like buffered you because know? of the carnivore diet. I believe so. Okay. okay. I believe so But my own personal anecdotal that I've seen mm-hmm. is that that response is just it's a little bit quieter You know it exists, but it's nothing that I my body can't handle and then the other side of that is that I feel like my mental focus and my mental clarity is the best that it's ever been And I like to think I'm, you know, I'm pretty on point with things like things that I give a shit about. I'm like really into. And so, like, I I just noticed that my my focus is a lot better. And where I thrive the most and I love it is when we're in the OR and I see these fucking schleps eating, you know, sandwiches and pizza, my competitors. And I just had either I'm fasted or I just had some beef or whatever. I'm going to fucking eat their kids. You're gonna eat their fucking children. I'm gonna eat their kids because I am so mentally prepared and ready to go. What, what I want and also has been standing out to me. I've been
0: was. fasting a lot lately, and well, I've done a few 24-hour fasts.
1: Are, are you talking mainly uh, 16 hours off, eight uh, hours on? Yeah. Or? So okay. 16 to
0: 18, like intermittent and then, fasting, and then like In- yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you know uh, every Monday I try to do a 24-hour fast. What? And dude, by hour 23 or 24. People on the outside would be like, dude, you're probably fucking exhausted. Dude. Dude, I'm fucking on point. Driving. I am on I am focused. Do you I'm- know they say that the body's
2: metabolism, when it is fasted, is similar, if not identical, to ketosis? Yeah. This is not like again, this is not my opinion. This is what this is have facts. I, it's I'm not gonna say it's a whole hard fact either, but I'm not just making this up from right. my own experience. There are people in these fields that show and they can show it in animals and they can show it in humans that when you fast, the body's metabolism is extremely similar to ketosis. When you look at fasting, for instance, people, they have a 3,000% increase in human growth hormone after about 30 hours. It's yeah. like,
0: what? How That's crazy. does that happen? Because the
2: body has a whole bit of counter-regulatory hormones that we never secrete. We never secrete because we've been told to eat, eat. foods... That make us hungry, that don't satisfy us, that are nutritionally incomplete, and I'm talking about grains and plants all the time, to eat every four or five hours, we never have that ability. So people are constantly starving, they're constantly fucking eating, and then they go through these cycles and ups and downs where I believe homeostasis is this straight line instead of these peaks and valleys.
0: Efficient. Efficiency. I want you to say a couple words. To finish this thing about what <laughs> <laughs> Everything, dude. about
1: what I'm a pretty good standard. I've been very quiet actually. It's well, you I try know, to gain it's knowledge. Weird. It's well, of well we had a conversation. It's a
2: lot of I know it is. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of information.
1: No, well, it's a lot of information. Some of which I already had, some of which I didn't. But it's knowledge to be to be had. And I'm coming from a very um, I, I want to say middle ground. I'm, I'm coming from a middle ground right now Sounds because I, yeah. I have tried and used. And uh, one thing, uh, th- one thing is you're passionate. Yeah. Very gonna, you're very passionate, and well, passion is going to lead you to success in what you're doing, because that passion will also your your passion for your diet will probably also carry forward to your passion for your job, your life, Definitely. your career. We talk about that all the time. All the well. time, yeah. So I I will always be in support of somebody that's passionate of a diet or or, or any kind of. Fitness or health and wellness regimen that will do nothing but benefit their life because technically that will as long as you do it right It'll benefit your life, sure. but I will also say that there's a lot to be said on the, the counterparts as well There's arguments on both sides both proven by statistics and facts. The problem is is that there's not a lot of um Studies that incorporate standards uh, As well mm-hmm. is the issue and even for for you guys you guys have started to when you have some back there there's also When you say a you
0: guys, you mean the carnivore? carnivore uh, ketogenic. ketogenic. I use yeah, ketogenic
1: yeah. in general. Yeah. Carnivore is very specific, but yeah. ketogenic. And the other thing that I'm concerned with is long-term sure. because there's there's been no long-term studies because yeah. this, uh, not that it hasn't existed long-term because like you said, if you go up north, you go up Arctic, you're going to see a lot of things like this to begin with, but there's been no studies. Sure. There's been no long-term studies to say the benefit or detriment of it. Sure. So a very just, fair point. just be very mindful of that as well. Definitely. But the standard American diet is very youthful too. So up until the '70s, there there wasn't really any kind of standardization with any kind of diet. So everything that we're doing right now, at most, is uh, was implemented in our grandparents' age. That's it. And there's been very few long term studies of individual right. t- types and of dietary I, means.
2: And I, and I dude, I think those are all great points. And I, I think one of the things you look at. Get closer at to the mic. And it's something that I'm, I'm trying, as much as I talk about clinical data and this and that, I'm starting to realize, and I think people in the carnivorous community are starting to realize this, we're kind of giving a big middle finger to everyone and saying, okay, hold on. Not doing this out of spite, but maybe our whole system... Is flawed. Uh, possibly, yeah. okay? I believe and, it. I know, I have and, I believe and so, so it now is. it's like when we talk about trying to derive these studies, and I'm not saying you specifically, because this is something, you know, it would all be great if we had this perfect study. Unless you're taking identical twins with the same DNA, Mm -hmm. and putting them in a metabolic ward where you're controlling every single aspect of that. I'm kind of tired of trying to find and conform to a system, and this is the rage against the machine in me, I'm kind of tired of trying to conform to a system that is grossly flawed.
0: Right, no, absolutely. And so am I cherry picking
2: when I use studies? that I don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. I think we kind of got to find this middle ground, but I'm going to hang my hat on if I'm feeling better, if my Definitely. sexual energy is better, if I'm losing weight, Definitely. if I'm, if my mental focus is better, and maybe my cholesterol goes up twenty points, you know yeah. what? Overall, that's a net win. Yeah, I'm that's
1: where I wanted to go with that. What I was gonna say too to any listener and any person. If you find something or a structure that is that has vastly benefited your life, because the vast majority of people are very unhealthy to begin with, right? Yes. So no matter what they're going to do, as long as it creates structure in their lives and the ability to stick with a program, yeah. then it's benefiting their life. Are some better than others? Most likely. Are some going to benefit others more? Um, absolutely. Yeah. But if you can find something... ...that is going to benefit your health and you're able to stick to it for a longer period of time... ...instead of these four-week trial periods, then it's going to benefit you. I don't care if it has plants in it. I don't care if it doesn't have yeah, plants right. in it. Yep. I, I, like at the end of the day, if you can do something to make yourself generally healthy throughout your diet... ...based on knowledge, then, then you're doing yourself a favor. And there's also a t- The other problem too is, and you touch on this a lot... ...because you speak a, a lot about scientific fact, research, and data... The other fact about data is there's so much data and so many statistics and um, information that conflicts each other right sure. now because so many people are so dense in the community trying to throw idealisms at you yep. that you're going to find whatever data you want and stick with it. Exactly. Because people get attracted to methodologies.
2: What I – I, I, and I appreciate – I'm, sure I'm, I'm going to finish this up, okay? I, I think one of the things I look at like when, when you look at that in terms of the data is – I don't give a shit if there's a study that's funded from the grain industry. I don't give a shit if there's a, people talk about the research bias. I go, listen, throw that shit out. I'm gonna take that, I'm not gonna read the headline of the study. I'm gonna look at the methodology of the study. Was it randomly controlled? Did they do a good job? Was it food questionnaires or were they providing food to them? If we break it down to look at the integrity of the studies, then hey, if right. there's one on the other side, I'm going to do it. Yeah. This is my final point, okay? And I, mm-hmm. I promise I'll wrap it up. And, and to, to echo what you said, Kevin, because I think it was very well said, I do I think everyone should avoid plants? Yes. No. <laughs> For the record, I no. said no. That's not the case. I don't think everyone should avoid plants. If people, you know, they might do well with them, and and, and that's fine. What I do think we should start doing is not giving plants a free
0: ride anymore.
2: That's what I really yes. want out of all. I love how I, you t- I, I love I love,
0: I love the plant talk. I, I love don't.
2: It. Well, it's dude.
0: It's. Kind I know. Of crazy, well, I, you but, don't think about but it, but don't it that way. way. Well, why, why
1: do we just argue a, that
2: a salad's better than? All right, Why, listen, why, do, we just, why pizza. do we just say? It, I'm
0: right. gonna end this right now. Corey's gonna be back on, and we're gonna bring a fucking vegan on, and this gonna be bad. We gotta get like a passionate vegan, like a super vegan that does nothing but yoga. I want to. I want to appreciate. I want to thank Corey for coming on. Listen, guys, there's there's a couple reasons why I had Corey on. First off, as you guys can see, he's fucking extremely knowledgeable about diets, nutrition, okay? I want him to speak about what he is doing to help himself, which is the carnivore diet. Now, by no means am I telling anyone that they have to do the carnivore diet. Me neither. Okay, and Corey's not doing that either. What Corey is saying is, dude, like, listen, this the diet thing is very subjective. OK, I'm going to do what's best for me. OK, me personally, Owen, I am not a statistical guy. I am not a data guy. OK, I am going to do what's what what's best for me and what I feel is good for me. OK, and maybe that's the carnivore diet. Maybe it's a carnivore diet with some greens, etc., some plants. I know you hate them. <laughs> but listen, guys, all I want to get Corey on here is to get kind of maybe your head thinking about what's going on, and maybe that the the structural pyramid that the society wants you to go by is wrong, okay. And also too, what what Corey and 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 Kevin are saying is, listen, do what's best for you. Yes. Okay. Don't don't go diving into the carnivore diet because you know Corey's telling you to do it. No, go do something that is best for you. And if that means okay a little pasta here, some rice here. Fine, do it, okay? Go do some research. Go
1: go get information. Yeah, get
0: information, get research, and and try something for yourself. And listen, at the end of the day, okay, we. what I want you guys to understand, and I'm understanding this myself, is that your gut is connected to your head. Hell yeah. Okay, so what you put in your stomach is going straight to your brain. So if you are, let's put it in layman's terms. If you eat like shit, you will feel like shit, okay? If you're going to go eat a bag of chips, go to McDonald's, do all this shit, you're going to be fat and feel like shit. We all know that. That's Mm -hmm. a fact, okay? But if you put some pride and maybe, like Kevin said, you do your research on certain things, you know, maybe you'll start losing weight, okay? Maybe you'll start feeling better, okay? Just like anything else in life, OK, and, and, you know, if it's working out like you're going to do your research on how to get bigger muscles or how to run a faster mile okay, or how to do a sprint triathlon, you're going to train for that. So why not incorporate that with your diet? OK, with your diet. I think that's really important is edge before you dive into like all this stuff that's going on, because there's, there's so much shit when it's it comes exhausting. to diet that it will blow your head off. Yeah. OK, but what we all need to do and myself personally is do your research. Okay, and do what's best for you. So again, guys, I wanna th- I wanna thank Corey for taking some time to come on. He flew in from Scarsdale, New York. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, yeah. it is a fever. It's yeah. actually he took yeah. It's actually uh, I don't know what's a ride forty minutes. Yeah, yeah it's like not that. bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I want I want to appreciate you guys listening. This is actually our longest po- podcast an hour forty five minutes. It might be a little too long. Fuck you. No, it's not.
1: Well, no, the average podcast should be about 60 minutes. That's no, average it's, it's not average That's that, why they listen to uh, podcasts.
2: No. We'll, we'll speed up the, 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 no, the pace d- of that. We'll do like a 1.7. Yeah, but, the, but
0: like, listen, like, I think with this podcast, if you are if you listen to podcasts and episodes, you're going to break them up. Like, okay, I got a 20-minute ride. Let me listen. To, like Joe Rogan has like five-hour podcasts. Right, right, right. Not that I'm Joe Rogan or anything. There's a lot of information. Yeah, but guys, again, appreciate you guys. This is episode 28. You right. guys can find us on Apple, Apple. Google, Spotify, Breaker, Out. Al- Cast stitcher uh, as as um stitcher. Kevin loves to say but uh, again I appreciate you guys uh check out the page at the lion's breath movement on Instagram and on Facebook uh we've got a lot of uh guests coming on in the month of January and we're gonna have Corey on with a vegan uh who is a plant-based person <laughs> and and just that. <laughs> see that battle but uh I appreciate it guys um enjoy the weekend it's Saturday we'll talk to you guys soon Thank bye-bye you.